The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. There's a lot of false prophets that are very prosperous. A lot of false prophets that have wealth and riches. And one of the ways they got that wealth and riches was by giving false prophecies. But that's not the litmus test. What is the litmus test? It's not that they're a leader of a mega church. Just because somebody has a, they lead a mega church, don't make them a true prophet. It's not because of the largeness of their ministry. Oh, this person has a large ministry. They're national, international. I know they're true prophet from God. No, that is not the litmus test. Nor is it their political power. They have the ear of the president. That doesn't make them a, a true prophet. Just because they have the ear of the governor or the ear of the president. It's not their political power. See, we look at all the things that God tells us not to look at. He gives us a litmus test. We look at the anointing. We look at the charisma. We look at the prestige and the power. We look at the person's prosperity, their wealth and their riches. We look at the influence that the person has in the community, if you will. But God says, those are not the things to look at. I give you a litmus test. And the litmus test is just one thing and one thing only. What is that litmus test? Well, we read, we read in our text in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 22, God says, if the thing the prophet has spoken does not happen or does not come to pass, that is the very thing that God has not spoken but the prophet has spoken it presumptuously and you shall not be afraid of him. Here God tells us clearly what prophecy failed. Some of you have been disappointed because somebody prophesied to you and it didn't come to pass. But why does prophecy fail? Why does prophecy fail? Prophecy fail because of presumption. God clearly tells us it fails because of presumption. What is that presumption? When a so-called prophet presumes upon himself out of his pride and arrogance, out of his own delusions of his mind, or out of his own imagination, and sometimes they just make things up, God says that's presumption. And because he has spoken in presumption, that thing will not come to pass. And that's the very thing I have not spoken to, to he, to him or her. First Samuel chapter 3, verse 19. Here's what the Bible said about the prophet Samuel. It says, and Samuel grew. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. And none of his words fell to the ground. Why? Samuel was a true prophet. But with false prophets, their words will fall to the ground. In other words, they may get you excited. 
But those same words excited you are the same words that's going to fail you if they were spoken out of a man's delusion, the imagination of his own mind, or stuff he or she just made up. It's going to fail. But Samuel, on the other hand, he grew in the things of God. God was with Samuel. And because of that, none of Samuel's words fell to the ground. Now, God has always used prophets politically to speak truth to power. Samuel spoke truth to King Saul. The prophet Gad and the prophet Nathan spoke truth to King David. The prophet Isaiah and the prophet Jeremiah, they both spoke truth to the various kings of Judah. And even if you bring it up into the modern day, the prophet, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he spoke truth to President Kennedy and to President Johnson. So God has always used prophets to speak truth to power. Now recently, over 50 over 50 renowned prophets prophesied the election of Donald Trump, and it failed. Over 50 renowned prophets. In other words, they're known nationally. They're known internationally. They prophesied that Donald Trump would be elected to a second term as president of the United States, and those prophecies failed. And some, instead of, and most rather, instead of repenting, humbling themselves, and say, I miss God on this one. Some of them had tried to dig in, to justify it, to explain it away. And some dug in to the point to say, well, it's not going to happen until March the 4th. Well, that failed. That failed. Why? They were speaking presumptuously. They were speaking out of their own delusions, their own imaginations of the heart. They were speaking stuff they made up because they thought this is what the president wanted to hear and his supporters. But it failed. It failed because of presumption. That's why their words fell to the ground. You, you know, when you get it wrong, it, it's all right to get it wrong. You, you know, you ever seen a, a number two lead pencil? It has a eraser on the end. The reason why a pencil has an eraser on the end because sometimes you make mistakes. Even prophets make mistakes. But the problem is, is when the prophet gets it wrong and doesn't take responsibility, doesn't own up to the fact that they miss God. And many times they don't own up to that, 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 that responsibility. They don't give that accountability because it's all about what's going on in them. They're concerned about their pride, how they're viewed. They're concerned about their reputation rather than the reputation of God and his word, glory. So many false prophets, they compromise their ethics just to have a seat at the table. This is why so many people could prophesy that Donald Trump would be reelected because they wanted a seat at the table with Trump. They wanted an invitation to the White House. 
Then others, they prophesy crazy stuff. And what they're doing, they're taking the gospel and wrapping the gospel inside of the American flag. And God calls that idolatry. Did you hear what I said? You don't drape the gospel in the American flag. You keep God in the center. And only God. So, were these prophecies about money? About power? About fame? What was these prophecies about? We should not take prophecy lightly. Neither should we take prophets lightly. God said in 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter, believe my prophets so you'll be established so that you may prosper and believe my prophets that you might be established. And this is the ministry of prophets to build us up, to help us to prosper in the things of God. But we have taken prophecy and we've abused it. And prophecy and prophets, prophets, false prophets have abused prophecy. And the people of God have not applied the litmus test that God has given us. It's simple as this. If the thing they prophesy doesn't come to pass, if it doesn't happen, God says that's the very thing I have not spoken. See, God doesn't lie. God doesn't make mistakes. And he says they have spoken it presumptuously. And he says, don't be afraid of them. What do you mean, don't be afraid of them? Don't stand in awe of them. Don't revere them. Don't look up to them. Don't be afraid of them. They have no power over you, no authority, because the source of their power and their authority is the word of God. And if their prophecy fail, then that's a prophecy that was not in line with the word of God. Some years ago, I, was, I thought about this when I was preparing this message, that I was invited to join a team in the prophet's chamber. And uh, some of you, maybe you've heard of the prophet's chamber. If you haven't, here's what it is and what it was. The prophet's chamber was based on a business model. And the business model was you call toll-free numbers and you pay a fee with your credit card and the prophet would give you a prophecy. And when I was invited to do that, I knew I didn't have to pray about that. I didn't have to think about that. And even though the prophets who invited me to do this, they were friends of mine, I didn't even care about losing a friendship. I just told them I cannot go out like that because I'm not going to prophesy to somebody just for money. And the only way for a business like that to be successful, and that's exactly what it was, a business, not a ministry. And the only way for a business to be successful like that, you got to keep telling people what they want to hear rather than what truly thus saith the Lord. So the prophet's chamber didn't call me back after that. I'm not going to prophesy for money. That is the spirit of Baalism. That's what Baal did. Huh? 
Balak, King Balak, hired Baal to prophesy for money and the promise that he would promote him to honor, to prophesy against God's people. Can you imagine that? You're going to let somebody to pay you to go against God and his people. But the spirit of Baalism is still in the church. And some of God's people are blind. And your eyes need to be open. And you need to see. When somebody prophesies to you, if the thing does not happen, it doesn't come to pass, God says, this is the litmus test. That is the very thing I have not spoken. And God says, you shall, they've spoken presumptuously, and you shall not be afraid of them. So what do you do after applying the litmus test? First of all, you got to apply it. You see, prophecy should be judged. Let the prophet speak two or three. Let the others judge. First Corinthians 14, 29 tells us, I believe. Prophecy should be judged. Someone gives you a prophecy, especially a personal prophecy. You need to judge it and really judge it. And even if that prophecy is in the line with the word of God, it still has to resonate in your spirit. And if it doesn't resonate in your spirit, then you need to put that prophecy on the back burner, if you will. You need to put it on the back burner. And you don't move or act on that prophecy until God moves and act on you. Huh? So what do you do after applying the litmus test? What do you do? God says, number one, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the false prophets. Don't be afraid of them. Don't worship them like there's some God. Don't revere them, stand in awe of them. Don't put them up on some paddle, pedestal rather. God says, don't be afraid of them, number one. If you're afraid of them, that means you're revering them more than you revere God. So number one, don't be afraid of them. Then God says, watch them, keep your eye on them. And it gets even worse, he says, avoid them. Oh, I know this is a strong word, but he says, watch him and avoid him. Huh? Romans chapter 16, verse 17. I beseech you, brethren, mark those who cause division and confusion after the doctrines you have not learned. But he says, avoid them. Avoid them. When God says mark them, he says watch them. Keep your eye on them. Keep your eye on them. Mark them. Because they're causing division. They're causing confusion. And they're speaking the doctrines which you have not learned. In other words, they're not speaking in line with my word. Now God says avoid them. In other words, run. Run. Stop sending them your money. Stop watching them on television. God says run from them when they don't get it right. Especially those that don't repent about not getting it right. Who don't humble themselves about not getting it right. God says keep your eye on those. Beware. A false prophet, Jesus said who come amongst you in cheap sheep clothing. 
Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly they're like raven wolves. What do you do when the wolf comes? Do you turn your eye and pretend he's not there? Or do you watch him? Do you avoid him? I don't know about you, but if a wolf came at me, I'm going the other way. You hear what I'm saying? I'm going the other way. And that's what God is teaching us spiritually. He says, mark them, watch them. Those that have caused divisions and confusions, contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, avoid them. I know that's a strong word, but it's a necessary word. There's some people we ought to avoid. When you see them on TV, turn the channel. Hear them on radio, turn the channel. Huh? Stop sending them money. And I had one sister tell me that after all these false prophets prophesied that Donald Trump would be reelected, she said she called the national office of this well-known international evangelist and said, listen, I'm not going to send you any more donations and I want you to take my name off your mail-in list. Huh? Some of you might know what I'm talking about. Huh? But some people have that kind of temerity in the spirit, that boldness. I'm not going to play games with the things of God. If you don't get it right and you don't repent, then how can I believe you are right? Let me say it again. If you don't get it right and you don't repent, how can I believe that at heart you really are right? Huh? You have the right spirit. So God says, watch them and avoid them. Glory. Then the other thing he told us to do, he says, we're always be filled with the word and the spirit. That's the problem in churches, among church folk. This is how false prophets as wolves continually prey on the people of God. They prey on the sheep. They have to have a prey just to exist. If false prophets didn't have a prey, there wouldn't be any false prophets anymore. But you don't want to be the prey of a false prophet. Too many people don't know what God's word for themselves. Too many people don't rely on the spirit of God within them. Too many people are too outwardly oriented and not inwardly in tune to what God is saying to them on the inside. So in addition to, say, in addition to God says avoid them, he said avoid them. Then he says watch them. Don't be afraid of them. He also says to us, we need to be filled with his word and filled with the spirit. Huh? Acts chapter 17 verse 11. Here the Apostle Paul talked about the Berean Christians, how they were more noble than the Christians in Thessalonica because they received the word of God with readiness of mind. But the difference was they searched the scriptures daily to see whether those things were so. How many of us really search the scripture? How many of us even know if somebody's making up a scripture when they prophesy to us? We need to be noble-minded like the Berean Christians, filled with the Word of God, and you're not going to be filled with the Word of God unless you have a readiness of mind and you're going to search out the Scriptures. 
to see whether those things are so. Don't just take some man or woman's word that prophesied to you. You're going to get all excited and dance all over the church on a lie? Lord, help us. You got to go back and search the scriptures to see whether those things are true. Then we ought to all be filled with the Holy Spirit. Huh? We need to be filled with the Spirit. And that's the problem. How are you going to test the Spirit? Huh? How are you going to test the Spirit to see whether it be of God if you don't use this Holy Spirit within your spirit? We need to be filled with the Spirit. Jesus said to his disciples, John chapter 14, verse 26. He says, but the comforter, in other words, the helper. Glory to God, we need some help. The helper, who is the Holy Spirit, whom I will send in the Father's name. He will teach you all things. He will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. We need to get the Holy Ghost back in the church, the Holy Ghost back in the lives of God's people. We need to lean and depend on the comforter that Jesus has sent to help us because he is the real teacher and he is the one to bring things to our remembrance. Whatsoever the Lord has said to us in his word. Don't just let anybody prophesy to you. And if they do, judge it. Judge it. Have the nobility to judge it. To see whether those things are so. So what is God saying to us? In closing, what is God saying? God is saying to us, beware of false prophets. Why would there be so many warnings and admonitions in the word of God about false prophets? Not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. False prophets is a real problem. It's not a make-believe thing. It is a real problem. It's, it's like a virus, if you will. The same way this COVID-19 virus has spread over the world, false prophets have spread all over the world. And God is saying we got to apply the litmus test. Why would he give us a test if we didn't need the test? We got to reach deep down in our spiritual tool bags, our toolboxes, and use the tools that God has given us. And the tool he's given us when it comes to prophets, he says, use this litmus test to see whether they be of God or they be of themselves or of the world. Glory to God. False prophets. They were there in the beginning. They'll be here till Jesus returns again. But the question is, how shall we know them? They look real. They sound real. Look like a man or woman of God. Sound like a man or woman of God. But how shall we know them? How shall we know their true motivation? How shall we know them? God says, just apply the litmus test. If the thing they have spoken does not happen or come to pass. God says, these are the very words that I have not spoken to them. For that prophet has spoken presumptuously out of their own pride, out of their own arrogance, out of the delusion of their mind, the imagination of their mind, or they just made some stuff up. 
And God says, you shall not be afraid of them. Father, thank you. Thank you that the interest of your word giveth light and giveth understanding to the simple. God, give us good understanding of prophecy and prophets and help us, Father God, to know the real from the false. Help us not to fall for the artificial when we, on the other hand, can have the genuine, the genuine spirit of God bringing truth to us illuminating your light in us that we might know if it's you or if it was just man. God help prophets. They have an awesome responsibility to get it right. And help those, Father God, that may stumble, may fall. But if their hearts are right, we know they will humble themselves and repent because they value and they cherish the reputation of God has word more than their own pride and their own appearance. And I pray, Father God, that we would be wise as serpents, harmless as doves, but we would know the truth. Help us to be people of spiritual nobility, to receive the word of God with all readiness of mind, but give us the discipline to search out the scriptures, to see whether these things be so. And help us, Father God, to be committed to your word. Help us not to receive the seed of your word by the wayside or in stony places or among thorns and weeds. But help us to receive the word of God in the good soil of our hearts. With noble and honest hearts, help us to receive your word. And we thank you, Father God, that we can know false prophets we can avoid them and we thank you for the wisdom you give in Jesus name amen amen false prophets how shall we know them well apply your God given litmus test and you'll know who's real and who's false God bless you. I hope you've learned something over these series of messages. And I hope you are armed with God's truth. That when the wolf comes, you will not be his prey. You will not fall prey to the wolf. But you'll always be found standing on the word of God. And remember the word of God teaches us that God is love. God is love. Love is the most powerful force in the universe. And God wants us to love him, love ourselves, and love our neighbors as ourselves. But just know one thing, beloved. You need his faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible to please God a God of love without faith. And Paul tells us in Galatians that faith works by love. It's activated. It's energized by love. So whatever you do, walk in love and have faith in God. 
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.